Dungeons and Dragons, Dungeons and Dragons, Dungeons and Dragons, Dungeons Dragons. Dungeons and Dragons, Dungeons and Dragons, Dungeons and Dragons, Dungeons Dragons. All right, we're going to talk about Dungeons and Dragons. Welcome to the podcast. This is Ben Does What He Wants Late to the Party Edition. Um and yeah, uh, this is this is kind of a two first. So both Brooklyn and I, my girlfriend Brooklyn Colbert and I, hello, she's back again. Um, have not really, uh, for the sake of this, I have never played. We'll just say I've never played. I've played for like two hours total, but it it's not. It wasn't enough for me to feel like I had played this game. And I have never played Dungeons and Dragons, but I'm very aware of it. It's hard not to be. Um, it's very uh, prevalent in the culture, especially if you hang out with people who enjoy playing games. Um, so we're just going to get right into it. <clears throat> According to Wikipedia, <clears throat> Prussia, 1789. Entomologist jo- Johann Christian Ludwig Helwig <laughs> creates the first war game. To teach strategies and tactics to military men in the Prussian army. We're going way back. 1749? 1789. 89. So in reality, with all of these, with this game, you you start with chess. Always start with chess. Well, not always, but like this, chess is the... the, Always be chess. Always be chess. Chess would be the, the, the precursor to... To, to Dungeons and Dragons, really, like it's a if you boil it down to to basics and whatnot, you know. All right, off. what did Johann? Johann Christian Ludwig Helwig. Uh, so it's to teach uh, military tactics and strategies to the Prussian army. The game was very similar to chess, uh, but its figures represented military unit unit units like the cavalry and the infantry. Um, however, these units were not realistic depictions of the represent- respective units. They used abstract pieces like, uh, you know, wooden cubes or, or actually like things that looked like chess figurines would be used to represent. But this is the not Calvary. chess. This is not chess. So you'd have a board um, with uh, different squares that represented different types of terrain. Um, and, and that would like, you would probably want to put your artillery in this position. Like square, 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 square. Like it, because the artillery would you know, attack from there. Um, uh, other Germans would build on this on the model that was created and add different types of terrain to the map, dice rolling, and probability tables. So like when you roll a this, like uh, you know you roll t- uh, twelve against this unit, it's going to you know b- based on what this unit's stats are, how many of the unit there are, you have uh, this chance of succeeding. Does this game have a name, this Ludwig game? I shall get to that. Um, After the Franco-Prussian War in 1870, war games spread around the world and were often called Kriegspiel, which is German German for war game. Interesting. Kriegspiel. Um, After World War II, there was a renewed interest in war games, but for recreation rather than military education. In wow, my- so Ludwig was like, I want to teach people about war and like what the correct strategies are. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it was... Pro- it wasn't for like fun. No, I mean, it, even though actually it did say that it was a fun way. It was it was a fun way, an entertaining way to learn 
and to learn about military strategic strategy strategies um uh yeah well i said that while having fun um so that was actually part of its design was that let's not bore them to death with tedious military teachings and here is a game i've developed where you play against another person of your same rank and you're going to figure out how to defeat them with your given units is it like a boil down version of the art of war or something um, sh- that, uh, sure probably something I've, I've never read that the, that book by sun tzu me neither me neither <laughs> the next that's our next to episode of late to the party <laughs> we all read art of war um so anyway after so after world war ii so in 1954 charles roberts released a game called tactics and later uh, shortly after he released Tactics 2 that pioneered gameplay using odds ratio combat results or rolling dice to determine outcomes of actions uh, and variable movement costs for entering squares or later like hexagons. Um, so you'd have to like, you have to roll a something to get to this square or spend something to get to a different p- spot on the map. You couldn't just like move there. You had to like, it costs something to get there. And this uh, is based off of the the square map board that Ludwig. Yeah, that and again, that also would have been similar in some regards to chess from way back, like hexes, squares. Like you have um, locations where pieces are, and the pieces move for a strategic advantage over your opponent. But to move, unlike chess, um, where moving is free, these had you had to either roll dice or there was a cost to movement. Okay. Because like in in war, like it's not just like yeah, move those uh, you know ten thousand guys over there. Just just do that. Like yeah, you do that, but like you know they I don't know they need food or something. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not sure the exactly an element of reality based on dice and... or or that ten thousand men are difficult to control. I don't know. Um, but that's that was the idea. Um, like many of its successors, this game this war game used military inspired units for its gameplay. So at this time, uh, it started to actually use like little units that looked like its actual representation. So, so the cavalry was look, a guy on a horse. Yeah, yeah. And so, but if for a while there, not in this game, but in other games, it wasn't three dimensional quite yet. There was a lot of two dimensional, like almost like cardboard figurines. Cute. Like the, like what we use in a lot of games now, where you just kind of punch them out. But these would have been yes. made by people. Um, so, uh, around the same time, a game called Diplomacy was being created and then shortly released. This game, uh, created by Alan B. Colhammer in 1954. Uh, Ooh, jump ahead. Yeah, actually it's the same, the same year. It was, it was, uh, it was created in 1954 and released in 1959. The same year. So he created the game the same year that Tactics was released. Interesting. Yeah. So around the same time. Um, Unlike other war games, it used no dice and utilized lengthy negotiations between players before actual turns were carried out. So you, the, the, this game is still played widely, um, and it's even it was one of the first games to be played via email and is still played on the internet. It's because you just you could you you have a board, but like most of it is you type out like you discuss like well, so as as the because uh, all this diplomacy is about World War One. I think it starts, the gameplay starts in like 1901 and goes till the end okay. of the war. Okay. So a lot of the gameplay is like, well, uh, as the head of the Ottoman Empire, 
Uh, I like these are my motivations. This is where I'm coming from. These are my resources mm-hmm. and what I want to protect. I'd like to move maybe these troops over here, not as a show of force, but it's you know it's about diplomacy. So is it more like um, they're kind of coming up with these reasonings for these moves off the top of their head, or I mean, so I have not played this game, and I just read about it. So I mean, so the idea is that something like that, like you, you have a goal like you want your units you want your army to win you want your group of people to succeed um and so you're looking out for their best interests but you want to do this as craftfully and as intelligently as possible probably while maintaining as many allies because you don't want to go to war necessarily but sometimes you do um but that's not for you know that, that depends on which who you're representing in the game because maybe your economy is flagging and you know that a war a war machine based economy might really help you and so maybe you're going to try to go to war but other countries don't want to do that they might look for a, di- a diplomatic but so like that's the idea it's less about dice rolling and quick moves like so what you do is i guess you would uh you discuss your actions okay. and then write down your what your action will be submit it and then all of the actions are taken take place at the same time. Simultaneously, everything is, occurs. So, like, you discuss, everybody writes it, they hand it in, you re- and then somebody reads them all, and then you the board changes or whatever whatever is on the paper. That's what happens, and then the next turn. Interesting. And for so anybody like- that placed uh, has played diplomacy, and I'm doing my best to describe it based on the Wikipedia article I read. Um, you don't send me an angry message about that. Like this is, it's less about gameplay and more about conceptual gameplay. And that it's not about dice rolling or about, um, uh, you know, about chance. It's about strategy discussion, like world building via conversation than it is about like, you know, rolling a dice. Better yet, you should come on the podcast and interview Ben about, <laughs> about diplomacy. diplomacy. Sure, do that. Uh, ben Schlofeld.squarespace.com. Hit me up. Um, so I think that this kind of abstract and imaginative freedom. Okay, so wait. Um, unlike other war games, you use no dice. You utilize lengthy re- negotiations between players before actual turns are carried out. This kind of abstract and imaginative freedom became very influential for game makers to come. About... Ten years later, The Siege of Bodenberg was released in 1967. This game created miniatures and its representations for mil- as, as its representation for military units. It was played on a tabletop six by six feet and divided into four... What? Six by six feet? Six foot by six foot, so a square table. And each square on the table was four inches by four inches. And gameplay was conducted similarly to tactics, or tactics two, with one player attacking and one defending. Uh, though there could be more players, and it took a lot less time. Uh, Jeff Perrin uh, created his own rules to this game and shared them with Gary Gygax, who would later use this template with Jeff to create a game called Chainmail in 1971. Chainmail? Chainmail in 1971. I have no idea what that game's going to be about because I'm thinking Chainmail like email, and that's probably oh, no. not right. Nope. Uh, Chainmail would be a testing ground for Gygax, building upon many games that came before, borrowing from others to create his and Jeff Perrin's own version of a tabletop miniature war game. This is a medieval 
miniature war game. So it would have taken place in... Oh my god, chainmail armor. Yeah. I thought you were kidding. Uh, let's say it was. Oh, oh you're so funny. Thanks. You're a funny goof. Um, uh, in this world, he developed many ideas and rules that would later become part of his next game, Dungeons and Dragons. <gasps> uh, like setting, leveling up, like through experience points, armor classes... Uh, spells, monsters, and magical powers. Uh, in fact, Dungeons and Dragons is a a spinoff, if you will, of Chainmail. No way! Yeah. It's the Fraser to the Cheers. Something akin to that, yeah. Like he, bar like it was just kind of a an expansion to Chainmail. So, um, Dungeons Dungeons and Dragons is if it. Dungeons and Dragons is a fantasy tabletop game created by Gary Gygax and David Amundsen in 1974. The biggest departure from traditional war 1974, games. 1974, sorry. Just three years later. That just strikes me. He released the, me. First, the first like, books. I would have thought pamphlets. it would be like 1986. No, 1974. Wow. Um, they've had numerous uh, different like uh, editions since then. There was, in fact, like uh, in the 80s or late 70s, there was original Dungeons and Dragons. And then there was advanced Dungeons and Dragons, depending on like, you know, your type of gameplay. Um so the biggest departure from traditional war games is that Dungeons and Dragons allows the player to create their own character uh, and play as that avatar. So it's an RPG, not an official like tabletop war game. It's an RPG. So it's a role play. You play a role. Um, initially, the game used miniatures like Chainmail did, and these like you know little enamel, you know like, little tiny metal or plastic figurines that you'd paint. Um, uh, but after 1977, figurines were phased out as most battles were done verbally and with dice rolls. You didn't need... Ooh, so it's more diplomacy versus... In that, in that regard, yeah. Like, it's about, like, I you you create the attack. I mean, it's still based on, like, you know, your if your character doesn't have an axe, you wouldn't say, I attack with my plus one axe because you don't have that. You know, you still have to, like... It's still grounded in something. It's not, You're not just, like, making this all up. But right. there, But you could say, like... I strike swiftly and, you know, with all of my strength, you know, I hit you with my plus one axe that I have, blah, blah, blah. Um, and then you roll dice to find out if you got your move in or not. Because um, the dice will tell you, yes, you did it, or no, you missed. It's like a magic eight You never ball. had an axe. <laughs> <laughs> On each 20 sides, it has like, yes, maybe, ask me later. You they missed. should do a magic eight ball for Dungeons and Dragons. I think that's a great idea. That really, <laughs> it would it would change the points as well. What we understand to be the point system and the experience, you wouldn't need any of that stuff then. Really, just a thought. Throw it out the window. Maybe it's for your first first playthrough, or for people who have no intention of leveling their characters up. Maybe. Maybe. Um. So the game, uh, where <laughs> you initially game used miniatures, phased out. Um, so miniatures are still used though. Like some people still enjoy using them as placeholders and like they like enjoy in modern day Dungeons yes, and Dragons. They enjoy having a, a, a representation on a board. Like this is, I can see that it's tangible. Yeah. You're... This is Quib Quibbly the elf. Um, and he is a cleric and I, we all know how Quibbly looks because here is Quibbly on the board on the table. Yeah. Interesting because, because there's not like an actual game board you know it's not 
you're not they're, uh, they're on in, monopoly or whatever. Yeah, yeah. There's you don't pass go or you don't you know you don't roll dice to There's move. There's no way on to actually see where your yeah, miniature it's all, is. It's all fancy. imagined. It's all imagined. So, um, but I mean, some people enjoy the, so like creating them, painting them, and having them be a part of their gameplay. And I mean, they can. It's just not necessary. So it's a true hobbyist may do that. Um, hmm. Yep. The game has gone on to become uh, the most popular tabletop RPG in history with a number of expansions and variations since its release. The game borrows from a number of sources for its content, like the Lord of the Rings book, and actually a lot of other books I haven't heard of. Really? Uh, so like, there's this book called Dying Earth, where it, it borrows from that to, to, for its spell system. So like, the whole spell system in D&D, as we kind of have learned, um, is you can, you have, on a day, you have, I have, uh, in Tangled growth is a spell that I have. I'm making that up. I don't know if that's a real spell, but I can do, and you can do that spell that day. But then the next day you can change out your spells. Uh, I guess that that's borrowed from this book called Dying Earth. Uh, three. Oh, do you say something? No, uh, Dying Earth. Do you know more about that? Do you have- I did not. I, I, there was way. So honestly, there are a lot of sources that are, like have that Gygax pulled from. Uh, if yeah. you want to look up Dying Earth look up dying like i recommend it they're like it's you can look wikipedia dying earth it's a book um a series of books um three hearts and three lions uh is a book also a book or series of books where um he pulled out the idea of moral alignment for characters like new like chaotic neutral chaotic all that stuff is pulled from this book series um and and again uh, among many many others for like spell ideas all these kinds of uh, mythical creatures uh it's numerous it's a game that's just very referential um, interesting okay yep yep so that's that's about where i i, I think that's the important the important nuggets and that's where we get to D today like you can obviously like look up other ref or or, or where it's been referenced itself like there's a lot of video games that are based on it there's a movie called dungeons and dragons that's loosely based on the content of dungeons and dragons a lot of TV shows we've seen have uh, full-blown episodes or films dedicated to the playing of Dungeons and Dragons. I mean, Stranger Things comes to mind immediately. For well, so yeah, Stranger Things, Futurama, Bender's Game is like a huge homage to Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, Community has an entire episode based on Dungeons and Dragons. Um, I'm sure there are more. Like we don't need to, you know. It's very ingrained into. People who Culture. people who write nerdy television enjoy Dungeons and Dragons apparently, and so does John Favreau, director of The Jungle Book, says it helped him as a as a child develop his imaginative skills and whatnot. Interesting. There are a lot of people who are quoted Good as really John. enjoying um, Dungeons and Dragons, as well as like John Kennedy and uh, not Dungeons and Dragons because he was dead before it came out, but uh, Diplomacy. Uh, JFK. Uh, JFK enjoyed Diplomacy, as did. Um, Oh gosh, what's it? Ken, Henry Kissinger also enjoyed. Go figure, Harry, mm. Henry Kissinger enjoyed diplomacy. No comment. Okay. Um, so, as for Brooklyn and myself, we have, at this point, um, made our characters. We did, took the, 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 the very exciting three hours or so it takes to learn how to make a character and make a character. Um there's a lot that goes into making a character that I did not anticipate. Neither did I. I thought when we when when our friend said let's play D and D tonight, I thought we, it would take 20 minutes to make characters, and then we get right into it. It took us 
three hours, and we have not yet actually played a second of the game, which is why we're, we're recording now. The anticipation is killing I us. Uh, but uh, and it, we are so, I was so jazzed too because like our characters, it, it's when you invest that much of your life in the creation of a character. Uh, it's like I want to play that. I, I'm, I'm ready to, for this 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 thing to explore some worlds and uh, um, yeah, it's a is it the radiator. That is the radiator. Please hold while we adjust the radiator. The radiator. I'm, I'll put in the Jeopardy music here or something like that. So we're talking about characters. Uh, yeah, yeah. We're in the we're in the character creation discussion. Um, so it took longer than you and I expected. Um, but yeah, you, I thought it was just you know, just like you know, whatever. Sorry. No, not at all. <laughs> I thought it was you choose what kind of character you're going to be. Are you an elf? Are you a dwarf? Are you a human? Are you some sort of dragon thing? I didn't even know what kind of characters you could choose. I and I thought it was just, either. you know, they come with their own sort of pre-programmed attributes. Yeah, there are perks to each. Each race has a perk. Each class has a perk. Um, and there are a lot of classes. There are a lot of races. There's a lot of combinations. It all reminds. So I have played games like World of Warcraft or Skyrim, um, and all these games. I don't know if they're borrowing from D and D, but it sure feels like they are. At, when you read this, and like, well, this came out before all those games, so this must be the, the precursor of, or at least the inspiration for World of Warcraft is Dungeons and Dragons, because it's like the same kind of. You create. You have a race. You have a class. And they have certain limitations, certain uh, abilities that they excel at. So you, you kind of, if you want to be a certain this, you probably want to go with this because it lends itself more to doing that thing that you like. Yeah, and I've played Skyrim um, and I did not realize how much of Skyrim is probably built off of Dungeons and Dragons. I mean, now that I've done my whole character creation and you have a whole character creation within Skyrim and it is limited a little bit compared to um, Dungeons and Dragons <laughs> in which you can, uh, there's like expansions, I think now. Oh that yeah, there's, there's, loads are... of, there's loads of stuff you can do, like loads of races and more than we even looked at because I think because it's our first time they were trying to, uh, our friends were trying to make it less overwhelming for us. Um, like, yes. Let's keep it to this. Yes. Um, which I'm thankful for. Like, I felt I still had plenty to choose from. So, um, no complaints. Yeah, so there's this whole character creation that takes up a lot of time. Mm -hmm. So we spent about three hours on a Saturday developing our characters. After apple picking, of course. After apple picking. The fall autumnal activities that one does. Um, so, and that was, a, was that a thing that you, did you enjoy creating your character, Brooklyn? I did because I can totally picture the character in my head. Do you want me to describe my character? If I, you want to, go ahead. We did worksheets, which these are amazing. And I had <laughs> no idea that there'd be worksheets. So here is my character. I am a forest gnome. My class is druid. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. My background is hermit. 
My alignment is chaotic good. And my character's name is Neefy. Neefy Fagani. And like that's not even getting into all of the other... Like, I have a strength number, dexterity, constitution, intelligence, wisdom, charisma. I have skills. I have proficiencies in languages. I have attacks and spellcasting. I have equipment that I come with. Um, Personality traits, ideals, bonds, flaws. Other features and traits. There's... It's numerous. Like, you can really... you what's And that's what sucks you in, is that... Uh, by the 15th thing that you've had to uh, decide for your character, like, well, I guess I'm all of a sudden invested in the future of this thing. Um, and you kind of feel like it's a, it, it, it has a life. It has a life. And, and what I've found that I didn't realize is how, how much of this is less about gameplay and more about story building. It's, it's like um, you, cause, cause it wasn't just about so much about developing a character. It was like, Okay, so this character is this, but then why do these three characters meet? What are they doing, and why are they doing what they're doing? So, because our Dungeons and Dragons group, we have um, myself, Brooklyn. We have Ben. Uh-huh. We have our friend Kit, who has been, been on, on the, the show podcast. before. Yes, and then we have John, who and John DM? is going to be DM means dungeon, the dungeon master. master, and who is just. I don't know if he he or she would lead would is is usually the, the constructor a dungeon master. The, yeah the dungeon manager is the one who constructs the, the like the narrative uh, often is, is is the mediator of the game that's sort of a, a like I don't want to say a godlike figure but um would would lead the group through this like would they would they know what's going to happen or they decide what's going to happen um so yes that's what a DM does as far as I know like having not gotten really that far. Um, and only having seen it in media or having friends of mine talk about it, um, that's what a DM does. So it's like a pretty cozy sized group. It's small. It's it's small. Um, I guess they can get much larger. And I mean, and the size. I could not imagine. Oh my gosh! Could you imagine the turn taking it would take? Like, but then it's 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 all very depending. Well, the thing is, like, there seems to be infinite ways to play this game, and so. Um, depending on how things, it's going to be collaborative. Like it's not just so much. Well, well, I'm going to go off in this room and make a bunch of decisions, and you don't know about it. It's like, uh, well, I'm probably going to do this, guys. I'm, I think I'm going to do this. Is that going to mess with this or this players of mine? You know, like I don't want there to be a like we're working. You're working together usually for a joint cause, but of course, not always. You know, everybody has their own uh goals and their own motivations for doing what they're doing so like um it's it's like it's like you're, it's like you're making a, an improvisational book as you go sort of um which is i i have like a friend um who records his podcasts look up dm drew uh he he'd be very excited that i dropped the name dropped um to check out his podcast um plugs 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 how's that sound on, i don't even know that sounded like her later um but he talks about the reason he loves it so much is, is it's about story building and it's about just making these not elaborate but um finding ways to make things make sense um and and referencing things and having everything that's maybe oddly or not so oddly referenced uh in the game come back later 
as a as a, a, a callback. Like then, all of a sudden, you feel like, wow, that stupid decision I made, you know, two months ago, it, it, it's here again. It's not. It's not all. All of a sudden, it's not a dumb decision. It's just craftful story building. Which I, being in this improv city that we live in of Chicago, don't tell them where we live. They know. They've known for weeks, months. Um, I kind of enjoy it because you're doing these callbacks. Every good comedy set ends with, you know, what is it? Your rule of three or something where it's like, and sure. the fourth point, we're going to come back to the first thing that I said yeah. and There's tie buttons. it all together. Yeah. Put a little bow on it. Mm-hmm. A button. A bow button. A boaten. Yes. A boaten. Um, so yeah, it's, it's. We haven't even played yet, and the game's already very involved. Um, and and that's so it's not a game, at least the way that we play it, and the way that I've, I understand it, it's not to be taken taken. It's not a casual. It can be once it gets going, it can be casual. But even then, I feel like you can't phone Dungeons and Dragons in when you play it. You're you play it, and you're in you're engaged in in the creation of, of the, of the content and of what you're doing. Cause if you, I imagine you, if you miss something, you miss something and people are going to yell at you for it. It just won't be fun. Like it's, yeah. um, and I know a lot of people play this online with other people, like through various Skype esque sort of programs. And I know that roll 20 is a program, which allows you to do random dice rolls, um, which really, so you don't, you don't have to buy dice anymore. Which is a big part of the game, but um, what an age we live in! Yeah, right, right. Electronic dice, um, but it also helps with like no one, no one thinks you cheat because they can. Everybody can see the dice roll. Everybody can see it on their computer screen. Like, well, oh, if you're playing it remotely, yeah, or or even yeah. like we're probably going to play it with computers too when we start playing it, and we're probably going to have our laptops there, and we're all going to be on the same game, and it's we'll all see the same dice roll, we'll all see the same results, and we'll know like, well, that was a twelve. I mean. What can you do with a 12? Yep. We'll find out. What can you do with a 12? Who knows? <laughs> I got to cut that out. Gesture. We can do voices. It's fine. Um, we watched Fiddler on the Roof not that long ago. And I'm not trying to mock anybody. I just I I just love the lead. I, I always forget the... I can't remember the... Tevye. Tevye. It's just... He's an infectious character, and I want to talk like him all the time. So charismatic. He is. On the other hand, there's this. On the other hand, there's that. What do I do? That's pretty good. I don't know. Pretty good warble. <laughs> warble. Um, so have you enjoyed it so far? Dungeons and Dragons? The, what we have done, have you enjoyed it so far? Or is it, oh or does it feel like, I feel does it feel like, like more work than it's worth? I'm so on the surface right now. Like, character creation was pretty interesting. I think maybe at the time I felt like we were all a little held hostage because there's four of us, like, trying to develop. And two of us had a ton of questions and could not do it on our own. It was like. Ben and I had a ton of questions. John and Kit kind of knew what was going on. Um, So I feel like we were all just stuck in this room trying to hammer out the details Mm -hmm. and it's all coming from within us like there's no hard or fast rules about which 
direction we're supposed to take or what kind of character like i think we all kind of collaborated on um we'll make the best party like this would make the most well-rounded team even though like uh motivation wise or or like you know character goal wise there's there's not much related because each character has a very different background a very different well we assume trajectory um but uh as far as skills and abilities are concerned, we're like, oh, okay, th- this should mesh well enough, or at least make a diverse enough. We don't, we don't have three paladins, you know. That the idea is that we have, like, oh, we all have, like, because it wasn't kit like a. It's been it's been like a month. I know. I'm going to like before we actually play. This is something I'm going to do. We have a shared Google Doc, in which we all wrote our characters' backgrounds yes. and like kind of reminded, like, hey, by the way. Uh, Brooklyn is a forest gnome druid, mm-hmm. and um, I know I'm, I'm a half elf, half elf paladin, and I think she was, a, I think she was a mage, a spellcaster type, yeah, and she was one of those dragon, those like they look like Draenei from World of Warcraft. They're not called Draenei, but they look the exact same. They look sort of like uh, demonic figures, but they're not of they're not from hell yeah, but they like, is definitely a like dimension. the coolest looking one oh yeah she, yeah she, it's so have i enjoyed it so far um that is what i asked i think i have i i don't know i always come back to skyrim because i think that's my clearest line of this is related to dungeons and dragons there are dungeons and dragons in skyrim absolutely there's absolutely dragons in skyrim at least and dungeons yeah there's yeah, a lot. There's a lot of, of dungeons. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. That's true. Um, and I come back to that because I've sunk a lot of hours into Skyrim, it's and a good game. um, I'm ready to do the same for Dungeons and Dragons. I think it's a lot more fun because you don't have all of the. I don't know. Because it's all within our mind. I think that's going to be the most interesting part. Like this, uh, Kit and John and Ben and I have played a lot of board games. Um, things like The Thing or Based Betrayal. on the film, The Thing. <laughs> Based on the film, The Thing. Or Betrayal on... Haunted Hill, right? Betrayal. On Haunted how, Hill. Because yeah, it was a Betrayal House on Haunted Hill. <laughs> Exactly. So like games that kind of tell you exactly what you can and cannot do. Mm -hmm. And um, I think this will be a great kind of expansion into our whole game circle. And the fact that we're just making it up. I mean, obviously, John, as our dungeon master, is going to have a set of rules as far as like, you know what? No, we are a little bit guided here. But well, so it, it's, a, it's a soft touch with a DM, right? You want somebody who is going to guide you, but also not say, "Hey, hey, hey, uh, don't do that," because I don't know that I I don't know what you should do there. Like you know, you they have to be open to your weird ass choices and also help you with like because there there is an arc. Like they they probably in their head have a well, I'd like them to get to this because that sounds good to me, but also like any like. And that's why it's so improv-y is, is like you don't go into an improv scene like wanting to lead your partner somewhere. You go in and you build with them. Yeah. Um, 
Because okay. it's always going to be a shitty scene if you go in there and like you like they're like saying like, hey, let's go out shopping. And then you say, uh, no, I think I really want to go bowling. And like, <laughs> I, but I need to buy this thing. I'm like, uh, we can do that after we go bowling. And you keep trying to get them to go bowling. They don't want to go. Like, then you should have this weird scene where someone wants to go shopping and someone wants to go bowling. I'd watch that. It might be very funny. But um, the idea is that you don't want to like, you know, have a, prescribe the scene. Um, and I think that's what a DM does is like they... They say they say yes and um, and like you you say like you know you're you're in a tavern uh, you look around or whatever like uh, and I say maybe like I, I flip a table and they like you, you okay you successfully flip the table you roll the die and you flip the table or something like that you know you you roll congratulations the you flipped a table and maybe below that table he decides there's a trap door. He just decided Ooh. it right then. And then, like, you have to roll to see if you can get in the... Tra- I don't know. I've never played like this. But, like, that might be a thing that could happen. Maybe he wasn't yeah. expecting that. Yeah. But it helps him figure out where the game's going to go. Um, and it's all just you coming up with ideas. Them them announcing to you that these are some uh, uh, available things. And you deciding how you want to interpret that and move forward. And, and just building. And all of a sudden you have... Which is probably why it's so fun and why a lot of people record their D games is because it's like wow we just made that up that yeah. was pretty cool we just made up the story look how it all came together yep. um just like that movie uh we we come together is that what that's called the, the, the show walter film they came together what are you talking about it's a movie they came together they came together I don't know what you're talking about. We've Showalter? seen Michael Showalter directed it they came together it's that film Who's with in it? Amy Poehler and Paul Rudd I think they came together, Amy Poehler and Paul Rudd. I'm pretty sure it's called They Came Together because that's the joke. Is it's like it's a rom it's a rom com, but the title is supposed to be very suggestive. I I saw this with you. I have no idea what you're talking about. My Oof. mind is drawing a blank. Mm. Anywho, that's not what we're good content. <laughs> yeah, right. Great content. Um, so I think we discussed our early impressions. You enjoyed it so far. So what do you expect? Um, going from where we're at, like what the f- when we first start playing, what are your expectations? What are my expectations? Um, so this is like kind of our gaming crew, you know. There's uh the four one of, us. of many. <laughs> yeah, we do have a some. Yeah, we, absolutely. We, I think all of our friend groups are gaming groups. <laughs> Oh, yeah, totally. Board games or... Um, video games or... Video games, all of it, yeah. We so play I, games. We do. <laughs> Game hard. Um, I really enjoyed the day we all created characters because I feel like all of us were bonding and, like, meshing really well. We spent, like, 12 hours together or something was, crazy like day. that. It was a fun day. Yeah. So it was just like kind of great, I think, for us as friends or us as couples or like double dating. It did or feel like a double, like a, a nice double date. It was. It was a really. Great and we double didn't date. go to Olive Garden or anything like that. We didn't, but maybe after. I bet we could convince them to go to Olive Garden. Oh, absolutely! <laughs> That's a great idea. Actually, I want to go to Red Lobster instead because I want those Cheddar Bay biscuits. That's fine. We yum, we could yum. do both. We could do mm. apps, apps at, at Red Lobster and then our entrees at uh, Olive Garden. Maybe. I mean, because this is going to take like multiple days to finish out the campaign, right? I imagine so. Okay. We don't know. We So 
we were also told that the big part of like so we our character creation uh so he had a rough idea of the 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 sort of social he, cultural john john, john our, du- our dungeon master. dungeon master had uh, knew the landscape knew what countries were warring which countries ruled which which countries were where and who had power uh social cultural interactions all that kind of stuff so he had like a rough idea but he was going to finish up uh, a lot of narrative ideas after he found out who our characters were and what we were doing and what we had just done the moment beforehand and uh the moment the place and location where we were all meeting and how it would go from there uh and I, I didn't think that that was a thing. But then, of course, when he mentioned it, I'm like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. You don't just like, well, I know who you are and let's just roll with it now. Like it's he needs a few ideas to get us to get the to get things going. Yeah. So I think um, ultimately, I think we're going to become closer as friends. Or and not. Who knows? I know this could totally tear us apart. I wouldn't, don't even know the that power. Be interesting. That would make a good podcast, at least. Well, they certainly won't be on it if they hate us after this. So. <laughs> um, and I think we're going to build something that's very interesting. Maybe it's not the most interesting Dungeons and Dragons game that's ever been created, but maybe it is. Maybe it's really silly and goofy. And like, I don't how know does this about exist? Interest. It's about do we do we as players feel like we enjoyed ourselves. Like it, it's not right. so much about interest for other people. Did you and me have a good time? That's all that matters, right? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I think I'm also a little bit nervous. Like, I don't know how the rules work. I don't want it to be too sticklery. And I don't quite know how to describe what that would look like. And we could die, too. Our characters could die. We can die? Yeah. Yeah. Your characters can die. And then you're just like out. You're no longer invited. Well, I mean, they. I. It depends on the DM, but I'm sure you might be able to make a new character and get in. But that. But when a character dies, unless of course there's some like weird spell so of resurrection or whatever. Upset if my character died because I spent so much time creating my little forest. Gnome. Yeah, and I. I've heard stories of people who like within a few hours of gameplay, like their characters, something free, some freakish event happens. You get a bad roll, and then like you die. That's so messed up. I mean, that's just that's that's the game. I do not, I do not want that to happen. That is not my expectation. I, <laughs> I hope it doesn't, um, because yet, yet as you level your character up, you get more and more attached to it. You you invest more and more of your time in it. You and you not only is it leveling up, but you're developing more of its story, more of its uh, its interactions. You know, and and like like reading any story, like this this is if that character were to die, it'd be it would it. You, you have emotional investment in this thing. Um, and imagine it just gone. You know, it'd be hard. I can't. I can't imagine that. I will not imagine that. Don't ha- You don't have to right now. But it could happen. I better not die. I better not. I better had not die. Say, so, Brooklyn, you're late to the party on this. Why, why, why have you and why have I, for the most part... Um, avoided playing Dungeons and Dragons until this this point in our lives. I feel like it's very strange that I'm late to the party on this because... As do I. I mean, I don't... Whatever, I'm just... Uh, Dungeons and Dragons, it has a nerdy aspect to it. I don't think you can really get around that. Does it? I mean... 
like it's not yes, very it- mainstream. It's very um, there's sort of a whole ca- like counterculture that follows uh, this game. Yeah, yeah, and um. We talked about nerds like Dungeons and Dragons. And we talked about the pop culture references and TV shows and movies that might uh, portray this. Um, the people that game. the people in those in those in those mediums, I think I think everything we mentioned, the people that play those are nerds. Yeah. In the TV shows, all those TV shows we mentioned, yeah. all the people that play those games are nerds. And given my interests or or they're reluctant cool people who play it to help a nerd out right you're just thinking no community yeah but like it was like jeff jeff is not a nerd but he he you know he deigns to play dungeons and dragons mm-hmm. to save this guy you know to, to help this guy out so given that sort of cultural background on it i'm surprised i haven't played it i don't I don't know. My identity isn't like I'm a full-on nerd that does all the nerdy things, and I've been to all the nerdy events, and I've... You've never been to a Comic-Con. No, I have not. I've never been to a convention of anything. Um, But I have played certain video games, and I have watched certain movies, and I have... um, I think board games, to some extent, could be qualified as like oh this is next level this is kind of nerdy this like kind of sets you apart from just like the riffraff because <laughs> yeah, we, we we've played and a lot of people we know played like settlers of Catan, which is uh something that i know a lot of people who play D also play settlers like it's a, it, i think i think settlers is kind of a weird um bridge between people who play tabletop games and people who don't like oh yeah i played settlers it's a fun game right but they're not like gamers they're not people who play play games it's like the gateway yeah you maybe of. maybe that's all you're gonna play um or maybe you stop i mean excuse me, that's all you're gonna play or maybe like oh, i love this i'm gonna keep i'll like pursue this and i'll play all whatever other scads and scads yes. of tabletop games or tile tile based games there are um which there are so like given my interest and background like i was in marching band for goodness sake <laughs> like She's marching band for i goodness feel like sake. i should have um uh, in high school not not not, not later in life <laughs> i feel like i should have played it by now given if we're going to like generalize people given my what we're doing friend group and whatnot <laughs> I don't know why I haven't. It's not something that I've avoided, but given the social aspect of Dungeons we're, and Dragons, like I would need that crew to be like, "Hey, let's play this." I feel like it's not something I obviously it's not something I've ever um proposed on my own. So no one no one in high school, your marching band friends were not going up to you and saying, "Hey, Brooklyn, let's play D&D." No, but I wish they would because I feel like I would did have been they, a though? better did they, did, person. Did they no, without you? I don't know anybody in my high school that played that. Or maybe like they were so scared about admitting to it <laughs> that they did that it was like there were secret groups. I yeah, have maybe. no idea. I don't I I know that D D occurred in my high school. Oh yeah. The, so let me get oh. let me ask you a question oh. then. Why are you late to the party? Um so, on Dungeons and Dragons. On Dungeons and Dragons. Um, yeah, so I, I, it's a very, it's a very similar. Our stories are very similar. We have very trained, 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 trained. 
Aww. Our stories are very our stories are very similar. Um, I was also in marching band high school, and I know that I know people in band or in choir who uh, played D and D, and there was there was a group of them that did. But uh, were you ne- ever invited? I was never invited that I can recall, and hmm. I, maybe I was, but I don't I don't recall getting invited. And and they weren't like my buddies; they were people that I knew, and they had their own they hung out together. It's like oh, those people I'm I'm friendly with, like definitely played Halo with. Um, but not D and D, um, and I think because there is, you need people who are um, not necessarily best friends, but people who are, you're gonna you're gonna spend a lot of hours with over the course of a, of, of time, um, and you have to want to spend that time with people. And I've I make lots of friends, but not a lot of good friends. Like I have a lot of acquaintances. People, I, I like a lot of people, and I'll hang out with a lot of people. I'll play video games one night for a couple hours, you know that kind of thing. Like I'll play Halo with some people because it's it's very there's not okay. you have to invest a lot of yourself or a lot of your time just playing a few rounds of Halo. You can play Halo one night and move on. Whereas D and D, don't you don't just well we played three hours and I think I think that's it. I think we're done. You no, know, like you want to see it through, and like some of these games can last for weeks depending on how you want you phase it out you know uh, hours and hours of gameplay potentially um and i just don't have a lot of people that i'm that that i want to spend that much time with uh and and also like for a long time there like in college and after right after college i was so busy with um work and with doing theater that it's like when do you have time to 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 commit to three hours on a regular basis or semi-regular basis. Cause I might be in a show. I might have rehearsals. I'm going to be that guy who can't always be at this Dungeons and Dragons event. But also I'm only thinking of that now because I have never been invited. No one has ever invited me to play Dungeons and Dragons yeah. until just a month ago. Yeah. Um, in which case I'm just like, I trust Kit and John. I trust their taste. I've had, a lot of fun with them and so they're inviting me to this thing so yeah i'm gonna do it i have no uh, no hesitation whatsoever mm. if kit and john are just like hey want to do this no thing reason. i'll go for it <laughs> boo boo hesitation <laughs> hesitation nope can't win any um exactly uh and I'm because I've never been opposed to playing. I've just never been um, proposed to playing. Oh, Ooh. they're stealing the deal with us, aren't they? <laughs> uh, something like that. Um, so that that's that's honestly why I'm late to, and I'm not without having enough a, a strong enough friend base of people who are like, yeah, we hang out all the time. Why aren't we playing D and D? Like we already just spend As all friend our, groups. <laughs> we're we just sitting on our asses just doing nothing anyway let's at least play D. Uh, that didn't happen that didn't come up uh, so just it, it's this is like maybe the first time in my life where I've had enough free time sure um, okay. to pursue something like this and feel like I can commit to something like this uh, because I'm not in any shows right now so that's true um, yeah that, that's I think that's sums it up I have no yeah it's not like a Oh, I was opposed to it, or like, what is this thing? Exactly, I'm, it's like I was waiting to be asked out on a date, and then finally I got asked out yeah, on a date. Yeah, <laughs> and, and, and I, think, I think that's unlike a lot of other things where you can you can choose to watch a movie or read a book on your own. 
you you can't play D and D on your own. And so I imagine there probably is a very large community online. We could play could have played like D and D online and met a bunch of people and sure. and forged a guild or something like that and played online. But that's still you're still committing to these long events because even in World of Warcraft, like in guilds or in instances, um, you may you can you can play with them or not play with them. You can mm-hmm. turn on like you that you can chat with them or you don't have to chat with them. Like there is a, a, a way a way out of a lot of interaction. You can't play D anD D by yourself, from my understanding. And so yeah. it's it it requires other people and usually more than two. <laughs> I don't know if I'd want to play D anD D with just two people. That would be yeah, that would be interesting. I have no idea. Would that work? I don't I know. I don't know. I have no idea. Well, I'm sure someone's tried it. Yeah. But um, yeah, that's why that Brooklyn. That's why I'm late to this party. Same. Um. Yeah. I think. I think now I'm going to any any other uh, expectations, thoughts, impressions, stuff you want to get in before we actually play. Hopefully, this Friday we should be playing, which means nothing to you audience because you have no idea when this is being recorded and it won't be released for a little while anyway so um i'm excited to talk to kent and john and kind of get their backgrounds on it if that's like our plan or our plans whatever like we'll yeah so we'll kind of get their backgrounds on it what brings them to this game why did they invite us um and kind of what they expect yeah. All right. So this is part one of Dungeons and Dragons. Part two will be out sometime probably soon, soon after this. Um, so stay tuned, everybody. And thank you all for uh, listening to Late to the Party, uh, a Ben Does What He Wants podcast. Brooklyn, do you have anything you want to plug? Any t- have you seen any good TV shows lately you want to tell people about? Or or movies? Nope. Or- I just want to sing the theme song. Oh. Dungeons and Dragons, Dungeons and Dragons, Dungeons and Dragons, Dungeons Dragons, Dungeons and Dragons, Dungeons and Dragons, Dungeons and Dragons, Dungeons Dragons. The following audio has been greatly edited for time's sake. We did go about three hours. What you hear are some highlights lasting about one hour. Uh, And it's been cut up between this week and we will conclude it next week. So sit back, enjoy, and listen to the fun. Thank ya. Bye. Dungeons and Dragons, 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 Dungeons and Dragons. Good. All right. That was beautiful. So we haven't recorded forever. Thank God. Uh, just.
a sentence to set up. You guys have been in a tavern for a while, but I'll get into Ooh. that. The tavern is full. Far fuller than a tavern of this size was ever meant to be. And by all indications, it will remain this full for the foreseeable future. Nestled back in a small clearing, the last lamppost in is a cozy, rustic Ooh. establishment that is usually frequented by pilgrims and merchants looking for a restful spot along the road. Since the war's end, however, it's become a de facto checkpoint, much to its halfling's owner's dismay. It was as if you shook the map and every enterprising person on it tumbled right into this inn, <laughs> right at the same time. So the tavern is full. You've been waiting here for weeks, although it seems like longer. Hoping that any day now, the borders will open and you'll be allowed to surge into this brand new country. During this time of detention, you've idly chatted with other occupants. While most are your average folk, you've gravitated towards a small group of trustworthy individuals, and what started as mere breakfast companions quickly morphed into something more. Uh, does anyone at this time want to share something about their character that they would have taught the other people? This is a good time to catch up on what we look like. Uh, if there's any details to your armor or to your appearance mm. that you've thought about, mm. feel free to add that. If you have something that others might have noticed about you from looking, scars, tattoos, that sort of thing. Just little bits of color mm. if you want to flesh out your characters a little bit more. All right. Um, I'll go first since... Yeah. You know, I've done this before once or twice. Yeah, I guess. Not um, so uh you've met in Raleigh, aka Excellence. Uh she's probably not told you her true name or her chosen name of excellence yet though. <gasps> That'll happen someday when we're all gotta break that shell. Yeah. Drunker. So you know her as in Raleigh. Uh she has violet red skin like an old bruise, enormous ram's horns that curl around, golden eyes that shine with fury. Uh, let's see. Um, you know that she studied at the Academy for the Mystic Arts in the Ashlands, in the capital city of John, what is it? Of John, what is it? John, what is it? Of I mean, John, what you is have it? the map in front of you, but yeah. it is Elrock Emmum. Yeah, that. I'm trying to... Yeah. Duh. The purple there we go. I place on the map. Sorry for people listening that you that you can't um, see. I've made my own map, it's, by the way. I've so if you don't understand, if you're a Dungeons and Dragons fan and you don't understand any of the continuity or what's going on, that's why. I'm sorry. Uh, you know she has a, a pygmy owl uh, named Yushu who sits on her shoulder. Yushu. Yushu who sits on her shoulder. Yushu. And he's got like reddish Yushu. fur and constantly has this look on his owly face, like. Did you say Side reddish eye. fur? Reddish fur. Feathers. 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 <laughs> One hairy owl. It's like a little hair off the owl. Oh. Anyway, um, it's got reddish feathers, red and white, and he's got like a, he's got attitude. Um, and Raleigh uh, was sitting, drinking, and glaring at anyone who uh, was looking at her funny, mm -hmm. but you guys were the only ones who really like seem cool confident enough to like talk to her and not be weird about it um so yeah you know she studied the academy of the mystic arts she's not wearing armor she's wearing scholarly robes if you were to describe it it would be like a little too try hard 
Like, Ooh, yeah. she wants to she look She really wants to look scholarly. She's got, like, like glasses. I go to university. She's got, like, a book hanging off of the belt. Her hair is up in a bun. There's rhinestones on the glasses. No, that's too with frivolous. The, with the chain that goes around the back of the neck. Yeah, a couple nose rings. She's a librarian, is what she's... No, she's just... Uh, her, her appearance is always extremely put together. Okay. Yes. And, Quaffed. you know, like, the, that collar on that thing is starched stiff it's perfectly pressed Mm -hmm. so that that is in raleigh that's what you know about her so far all right um i've thought as much about this but i i kind of picked a picture that i felt like would i know listeners can't see it so i'll I'll do some describing i I imagine that since i am sort of on the run and i don't i would want to be incognito but also i feel like i would be want to be prepared defensively for anything maybe it wouldn't be dressed up in armor from the head to the toe but i feel like i would have something on uh and probably something very nice as i am a paladin and a diplomatic one who has served kings and queens and i feel like part of uh diplomacy in in these sort of situations is appearance and i would probably Mm -hmm. want to look uh good though my though because i am on the run i don't think at this moment i would be clean shaven i think I'd, i'd look like a, a little worse for wear. Some stubble. Mm-hmm. Some yeah. stub. Um, maybe just a little shit. Like my hair is not as kept as it usually is for, for when I am in court. Um, <laughs> uh, and I'm a seven-year-old elf, so I probably look y- young. But also, elves don't. Uh, you know, they're, they're not known yeah. for their they aging. They got great skin. Yeah. Those elves. I have yes. great skin. I'm a fantastic. Elf. I have great skin. I got that from my elvish mother. Luminescent. Luminescent. Um, would you have told the other players that you had an elvish mother and a human father? Is that something? I would probably. Only... I would probably not share that immediately. Okay. Um, it just doesn't come keep, up in casual well, conversation. It, it sounds. I mean, I'd rather them think I was either. What one... are you? Uh, some kind of half elf, half human? <laughs> <laughs> Um, I think that's something I'd, I'd rather people guess because I, I, I mean, is it one of those things that's easy to tell a half elf? From Do you elf? see it from an elf or from a human? Uh, it depends on how much you lean in You're either far direction. Too pretty you to can kind of no- tell that human. someone's a half elf because they're an exceptionally pretty looking human that looks almost <laughs> unnaturally pretty, and yet you don't really have. You can have like a little, have a little boy, baby. So people probably know that you're not one or the other but they don't know which side come. like it's not like you can be like well that's obviously a, 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 his mother was an elf and his, his father's human Chokes and they know. obviously wouldn't know which country you come from or who your allegiance unless is to or anything like accents, that I guess. unless they have a particularly good ear for accents so, but since most people and you're a diplomat anyway. so presumably you've got a pretty flat accent. yeah I would imagine yeah. that that'd be part of uh... elocution yes, yes my forte is not letting people know where I'm from <laughs> exactly <laughs> Uh, so I, yeah, I probably wouldn't mention that. Um, nor would I mention that I'm fleeing. Yeah. Um, oh, God, I no. think that would be awfully silly. Though I can ima- easily imagine sitting in with any number of people at the. I'd probably sit next to you. There's probably an open spot. Oh, this. even then, in this what's, crowded what's your, tavern, what's your there is a, there is like a a ten foot radius around in Raleigh. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> what if you told them then for why you're going to Lusoria, which Ooh. is the capital of of this newfound nation of Parvula? That's a good. That's good. What? So I'm I'm 
Sorry I'm to put you on no, the spot. No, 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 I'm but... fleeing. But mm-hmm. what, what would I tell people mm-hmm. to avoid them knowing that I'm fleeing I'm from... I'm on a... diplomatic business. Yes. I mean, yeah. I could say something like that. But I lost my papers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I'm assuming they wouldn't ask me. If, like, I don't think you're going to ask me for my papers. And, and a hermit gnome is not going to ask me yeah. for my papers. I'd probably say something along those lines. Uh, probably make it closer to the truth mm-hmm. than a more outlandish lie. So I'd probably say, yeah, and I, I'm sort of still... Technically, on dip- diplomatic, yeah. uh, on a yeah. diplomatic function because I am working for a different country to help take down this other country, which is Dovar, right? Yeah, I don't like Dovar. No, fuck them. Uh, no one does. Yeah, no, Dovar. I mean, the Dovarians yeah. presumably yeah. do. No, yeah. I right. like. So yeah, I'm yes, I'm diplomatic, diplomatic uh, mission of some kind. Can you point? Can you point the microphone down here for me? Oh, sure. <laughs> oh, sure. Here. Oh, she's so cute. Here, Niffy. So Niffy. Niffy the forest gnome druid hermit. <laughs> How did a hermit end up here in this crowded ass oh, tavern? I should have read that. I'm, you know. Well, so I came Skinny. from this island called Gleneth. Mm-hmm. Where the, the gnomes are from. Yeah. Where the gnomes are from. And you know what? I... <laughs> you know Just what? Just think, think of what you would have told if you were sitting in a tavern sure. as this character. We've been here for a couple weeks. We've been here for a yeah. couple weeks. So they're friends, Everybody's but not drinking. like super yeah. close friends. Like yeah. people that you've just been getting to know. What do you share about yourself? How much of that do you go into? Or do you keep that pretty close to the chest? Do you tell okay. them why you're, you're going to this new place? Or do you keep that quiet do you lie and just sort of like yeah i wander whatever i'm a hermit you know just walking into taverns <laughs> your voice changed drastically <laughs> it went down a few octaves <laughs> um yeah i would probably be like here i am at this tavern have you ever seen everyone you love die burnt to a crisp wow <laughs> dark <laughs> gnome probably <laughs> Yeah. Like, you look pretty dark over there. What's seen, your story? I've seen some shit. <laughs> okay, so you have told them then that your family died, that you're all on your own. Yes. You're not shy about telling other people that. Um, I probably wouldn't, like, walk into the tavern and be like, but over the family is dead. But over the course of a couple weeks. I'm sorry, I have to scrap this character. I'm now playing as whoever that is who walks in the tavern. Star Wars cantina I mean, you are kind of in a cantina. It sort of makes sense. All right, so they know that your family is dead. They know that you're... On yeah. this because uh, like trip. I'm a hermit, so I feel like I don't have much um, social mm-hmm. cues. Maybe, but I'd kind of just be like, I'm just gonna say what's on my mind, and that probably is gonna make you uncomfortable. And not me. Yeah, you're so, yeah. I, I think that's right. Your social skills yeah. aren't. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, aren't your shining right. uh, trait? No. <laughs> no. Little odd. Listen, you've got a good charisma. Score. Is what again? <laughs> right. It's so, not as bad as your strength. And finally, right. but the last a lot of smart people who aren't good at talking. The last member of your group is Ambrose Black Creek. He's uh, a halfling. He's he's very short. He's kind of dark featured. Taller, this... shorter than Brooklyn. He is shorter than Nephi. Mm. Um, oh. He's three feet tall. Uh, wears nice clothing. 
relatively expensive looking clothing uh has sort of this like sandy brown sandy blonde hair with long uh mutton chops Mm. um he is fond of smoking cigars and at the times that he hasn't been uh hanging out with you guys, he's been sitting in the corner playing dice with pretty much anybody that will play dice with him. Sounds fun. Uh, dice and dragons. He's never really talked about why he's going to Lusoria or why he's waiting on the border of this new country. But every time you've asked him, he's just said business and kind of left it as that. Business. 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 Exactly. So, now that we kind of have a feel for our characters, one morning... As you sit at breakfast, a meager meal of gruel that puts a shameful look on the face of your host. Your new companion, Ambrose Black Creek, walks up. He says, well, I have some good news. What? Ambrose tells you that he's been chatting with other patrons of the tavern, you know, mingling, networking, that sort of thing. And it's discovered Overrated. a couple of the first passes have been handed out to enter Parvula. Um... After asking around, he's found two folks who would willingly accept you into their party. Have hmm. they seen me? And they're still willing to accept? Have yeah. they seen me? I'm sure they're willing to accept. <laughs> Ambrose responds to that and says that um, he hasn't gone into the details, but he's fairly sure he can convince oh, them Jesus. to accept you into the party. Doesn't sound like a sure thing. The first, he says confidently, <laughs> is a is a human named August Ham. <laughs> August has a shipment of food and general goods, uh, and they're headed to a small town of Honeymap. Does he only deal in poultry? That wouldn't that be funny? Mm. August uh, Ham, I sell chickens. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't go into what he's bringing. <laughs> perhaps well, August, sausage. Perhaps Mr. Ham. I'm of chicken clucks, so <laughs> I'm gonna go with chickens. So Honeymap, a little hamlet over the border, has fallen into a sort of no-man's land, pinioned between Doverian forces and the Parvulan forces on either side. Uh, Desperate for food, permits have been expedited, and August is allowed to enter Honeymeadow and drop off his supplies and then continue on to Lusoria, the capital of Parvula. Mm. He's willing to bring you along, as Mm. long as you're willing to pitch in and help. This sounds like the thing I've been waiting for. I need to cross the border. (laughs) We all do. For diplomatic yeah. reasons, of course. <laughs> of course. The but second special. is a woman named Honora Vendergrass. Ooh, I like her name. She's half-elf, and mm. she's looking for a group that's willing to assist Down, with some dangerous travel. She's got a bark loaded with supplies several miles to the east. She's looking for a group to sail with her normal crew and to protect them from pirates along the coast. Mm. She's realized that Goods from Dovar might be scarce in Parvula, and this is an excellent opportunity to profit. She said she'd take us all the way to Lysoria if we'll help fending off pirates. Do we have a preference? I'm suddenly wishing I'd had the shape water cantrip. Uh-huh. <laughs> You're breaking character. We don't have to. We don't have to speak in character all the you time. Don't. This is OOC. It's true. It is OOC. OOC? Out of, Out of character. character. Ah, yes. uh, I okay. shan't. <laughs> That's so on what, character feet. <laughs> what you guys feeling? Um, Hammer so. vendor class. And after much deliberation, contemplation, intense discussion, poor attempts at flirtation, 
the group decides to go with August Ham. Uh, and with a fee of 50 gold pieces each, they hop on the wagon and go over the border. Now we cut to them on the, the path. Uh, what adventures will they run into now? Who knows? Ooh, stay tuned. Right now. As, as the they, saying goes. As they do, <laughs> baseball is huge in Dova. <laughs> That's not the river. Uh, it will be. August though. sits up front, urging a team on a team of oxen that pull his overloaded cart. He chews on a piece of wheat and only occasionally whips the reins in his hand. The roads are empty, wending along unkempt hedges and overgrown fields of abandoned farms. Uh, for miles now, you've seen only small groups of soldiers that patrol back and forth. Um, all Dovarian. Uh, occasionally they stop you, checking your papers, before they send you further on your way. No one really seems particularly concerned with you. As your caravan pulls around a corner... And up a hill, you spot the final check mark before entering no man's land. Uh, the flags of the Dovarian Emperor mm. flap in the wind Ooh. at the breeze, mm. and uh, you see another uh, flag. Uh, it's um, oh, let's see. I'm with bated breath. Right. I await his finish. You await my finish. Sorry, I should have had. I'm hanging on this up. cliff. This is this is terrible dungeon master. The edge of my chair listening. is hanging from a cliff. So with in Molly, you enjoying that book over there? Doesn't hear you. Not paying attention to you at all. Uh, all so right. As I, also, oh. I love that you've become a Jewish. Nerd. So you see the Davarian flag, which is a golden sun on a red field. Mm-hmm. But you also see another red flag flapping next to it that has three golden clams. On a field of red, and inside the mouths of each of the clams are Blood red clams. suns. Red suns. Oh. Uh, give me a history check. History check. Check me. Ooh, nailed it. Uh, ben, you probably know it's because of all of your diplomating. Yes. Uh, ben got a 20. Ben, this is the flag of the House of Uruk. Uh, they are the prior owners of Parvula, which was originally their duchy. You caused them to lose their entire duchy. I sure did. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad I know that flag is. No wonder he knows what it is. To give a little peek behind the curtain... The two of you had a pretty high ground to check for history. His was really low. His was really low. And he so did, if he you had rolled a like anyway. a five, you would have known what that flag was. Okay. So. So we are a little concerned possibly about uh, proceeding further. We are? Why would I be concerned? You yeah. are. I am concerned about yeah, proceeding. why are we concerned? Uh, why are you sweating over there, man? I don't sweat. I'm a uh, half-elf. I That's true. They glisten, just glisten. Glisten sexily. <laughs> What's it like glistening? Uh, oh, you notice me glistening. Uh, so, are, they, are you asking me why I'm glistening? Yes. Yes. What, well, I'm assuming you, you're getting, you're getting you nervous so at the nervous? fact that you... Why, why do you not want to proceed? You stopped the cart, right? I, I, I doubt I do. Wouldn't that be uh, for August Ham to 
August is kind he, of is, is August on the on the reins and then digs into a leather bag that's sitting on the seat next to him and starts arranging just like tons of bureaucratic documents with His seals all over them. And, He's yeah. getting every like you can tell this is kind of the big end. This is the real this the check, check mark. Point. This is where they're gonna go through every little thing and scrutinize the hell. Can you out read of the you? name of who's coming again? Uh, it. Sorry, I will the write house, it down. The house of Yorick. House of Yorick. I knew him well. Good ratio. Okay. They're not coming. There's like a check mark, and you can see like a a like oh Yurik. sort of like little check. wooden wall built up. Uh, small okay. guardhouse, there's a number of tents, uh, okay. and then at this point there's two f- banners flapping. One of them, it, you can tell, is the flag of the Dovarian Emperor, and the other one is a Are we house still Europe. on the Dovar I'm... side or the Parvulan You side? are on the Dovar side. About to you have to You have to imagine that there's a Dovar side, then there's a, Nome- a DMZ, yeah. and then there's the Parvula side. So we're about to get into the DMZ. You're about to go into the DMZ. Mm-hmm. So, the, the, the House of Yurik... Uh, would, would these, uh, this checkpoint, these, I imagine there's, oh, uh, are we close enough to see, to see, to, to see any, uh, guards or, or, uh, Perception check. Per- yeah, give me a perception check. Uh, there's my perception. I see nothing except my book. I see 18. Yeah, there's, there's a fair number of guards manning this. Okay. There's, can we, like, can 10 we... to 15 guards manning this single post. All right, so it's not something where we want to fight our way through, uh, we would almost certainly die. The want... best thing about this is that you talking about fighting, these two have no idea why you would want to fight oh, your way yeah. through. Well, I'm asking you, the DM. <laughs> um, you, stop asking you me your character voice. Oh, you I'm can sorry. absolutely okay. try to fight your way through. Okay, we could. We could. Well, I won't can... tell you the odds of you no, 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 not no, no. dying. Sure, sure, sure. I'm sorry. Uh, so when I'm speaking to the DM, I use my normal voice. Yeah, yeah that would be best. When you're speaking, oh, to the, when that you're way. speaking OOC, you OOC. speak in a normal voice and you can uh, like also use normal people voice to like describe your character's actions and stuff. Gotcha. Yeah, but then if, when I'm speaking character when you the speak voice. in character you So like if you were on the cart voice. and say like you had a wood carving skill or something like that, you can be like, yeah, I think that uh, Tom would sit on the back of the cart and he's carving away at, like a little piece of wood and he's crafting like a little wooden rabbit or a little wooden duck, okay. something like that. I got you. Okay. Um, so as as the DM, so we, we would, it, I certainly wouldn't want to necessarily risk the the lives of the people I'm with just to, mm-hmm. to attack, especially if they have no idea why. Because they're be gonna know. Who I would you say are. I'd have to explain, and I don't know how they'd feel about that. I would say, given that you're you're a paladin, you're a warrior, you've fought in battles before, you yes. kind of are trained as a warrior. I would say that uh, using your paladin instincts. This would be real rough. That's why. That's yeah. I, that's my. That's my interpretation as well. What if um you kind of sneak, and let the us cart let us cart folk go through? So I mean I, that that thought occurred to me as well. But then I still have to imagine I would have to exp- there there you you someone will ask me why uh, I'm hi- I gotta go take a really long leak. Why I'm hiding way. in this this bucket of potatoes or yeah. onions? <laughs> yeah, because uh, they're gonna <clears throat> search all the stuff. And that's my thought as well. So we're at a checkpoint. Uh, would, would I also assume that these guards would they would they have like a, a wanted poster or would, would I because it, it's it's still fairly recent that this has all occurred yeah I feel would, like you'll have some notoriety you're the one that lost but would they the... know what it looked like would they would they because there's something no, there's t- there's knowing that oh it was Tom Treefinger you know half elf paladin That's... diplomat who caused this but it's 
But that's is it, a difficult question for you at this point. Yeah, you don't know what they know. You have no idea. Is there any... What, I didn't talk about this, but would there be any uh, indicator from the armor I'm wearing that they would be able to tell... Uh, well, you oh, said you had nice clothes. I do have nice. I, I have nice armor, nice clothes. Do they, like they wear an I'm assuming you're not wearing any seals. That's that what I'm asking. Yeah. What I have, My what guess I, is, like, as body. as a paladin, you'd have like a you can pick. You'd have like your god symbol symbol on you. Yes. Okay. Um, which we can talk about at a later. I do. Table. I do have. We'll, I have. Oh, you, I do have a god. I, yeah. uh, oh gosh. Uh, I'm at the check. Uh, god check. I'm gonna do a god check roll. <laughs> if only you know I had the thought. Oh, maybe I'll I'll learn disguise self. Uh, oh uh, yeah. Then Le- I didn't do Levelus Enrith, the time god. Though Ooh. though I do not uh, really believe in much of this. A- Here you can leave that. Yeah, Ooh, a fallen away paladin. That, that's that's been that's fun. That's been a little so, bit. That was kind of established. Um, that I am um, I am. A paladin, but I because of all the things I've seen and and the sort of uh, d- d- not divisive, but the the, the God the God hasn't helped you a lot. The God so hasn't helped me a lot, and, I, and also so many bad things have happened to people I love, uh, and and so, there's a lot of injustice, and I feel like worshiping God does not solve problems. We solve problems. Yeah. So I I think that you've you've probably got some of his markings whether you you've probably gone out of your way to hide some of those my guess would be because you don't yeah. want to be seen as a paladin of an obvious. elven god yes yeah. in a human land that's that's a little weird so that automatically makes you stand out and also outside. if you're yeah. from the elvish lands your armor probably looks a little foreign in these parts yes. so yeah they can probably tell that you're not from around here mm-hmm. yeah so the, the concern is that would they would they Think like, oh, he's a half elf, uh, and we're looking for. Would they be looking? For, they probably would be on guard for. Well, because you're gonna have your papers. That's a, di- right? that's a difficult question. Do you have yeah. fake papers? Do I have fake papers? I imagine I would try to mix. I, I would have something. I I, I have. Because you're been, trying to disguise. Your well, yeah, identity. I've been a diplomat for so long. I'd have to have something I could forge. Well, you have a diplomat's pack, right? Uh, there's no diplomats pack. I have what? the explorers pack. All of you guys mm. are under August's papers currently. Oh. So okay. But uh, so the question is, what papers does? Are we? Do we not have specific papers for us? We are just going. No, you August? are. You are part of his party. Would I, would I have put my name? Would I have written my no. name? Did you? No. Did you, You're just part of his group. It okay. gives him part. Of his group. The question that you have to ask yourself is whether these do I guards... Feel lucky? Do you feel yeah. like these guards well, know punk. after yeah. three weeks, roughly, of you sitting in a tavern that mm-hmm. you sold out Dovar? Could... Okay. Uh, in an attempt to probably guise myself, would, I, would it be prudence of me to take off like a piece of armor and toss it to the back of the... Cards. Well, here's the question. Does anybody have a disguise kit? Nope. That's something that you could look into. I sure don't. Let okay. me check. I doubt I do. Yeah. Why would I? Yeah. I'm a druid hermit. No. The thing is, like, there. I, I also, I'm not, without knowing, also, would would a half-elf be that uncommon? Not that uncommon. So, like, in, in these parts... But maybe his beauty would, like, kind in of... In these parts, you'd see half-elves without too much... Okay, suspicion suspicion but it wouldn't be like 
wouldn't be like a normal human or like a halfling wandering around, certainly. Um, I feel like I probably would want to uh, maybe dishevel a bit, look a little less presentable. Yeah. Um, Rub some dirt on your face. I'd have to tell all of you quickly. I was going to say, otherwise you've just been like, stop the cart, and you're rubbing dirt on your face, (laughs) and we're just staring at you like, did he eat the wrong kind of mushroom? I would need to explain (laughs) myself, at least least somewhat say... um, Or you could fake trip into some mud. (laughs) Do an acrobatic roll. (laughs) And trip into some mud. And be like, oh, that's how I got dirt on my face. I, could, I mean, I could do that. That's not a terrible idea. But either way, I, or I could just do it. The, gar- the guards can see us, but they can't see us clearly. Yeah, you're like specks on the horizon yeah, 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 at this yeah. point. So they, they, we have some some uh, leeway with that. Yeah. Um, but I'd have to explain. I'd have to at least say something like, like cohorts, comrades, um, I, I'm not in good with House of Uric. Um, yeah, if that's your if that's your choice. I, I mean, I, I I don't need to say why I'm not. If they ask, I'm perhaps I'll tell and I'll explain that that I am partially. And gonna... I'm partially responsible yeah. for the, the the fall of of their house in this land and, and the Wait, free... are you telling this? No, no, this is out of character because mm-hmm. I'm using my normal voice. Oh, oh see. Um, I can tell you all this, but and you may inquire. Maybe you won't. Maybe you don't care. Uh, I I don't think either of you will. Ambrose. Ambrose. He's a shady character already. He should understand. He hasn't told you much about what his deal is, but like the fact that he doesn't talk about his past that much, and whenever you ask him why he's going to Lysoria, he just says business, leads you to believe that he's one to respect other people's privacy. Mm. Then I think, I think, I think I shall. uh, Okay, I'm gonna start. I will. Can I? Would I roll to get, or just can I just put mud on my face? Can I like Before roll? Um, can we take a time out? Sorry. You go to the bathroom. Yes. Yeah. Right, let's take Excellent. it. Excellent. I've got the problem. So and we could perfect. stuff you into a barrel, and I could cast minor oh. illusion to make it look like you are a sack of potatoes <laughs> instead. You sought other people's help. You have magic at your disposal. Then I could. Then I could. I will. I will. When we get back, I'll ask about that. Friends. Mm. Uh, we are approaching. Yes, you are uh, glistening over there, Tom. <laughs> yes, so you're so perceptive. Uh, the house of Yorick and I are not on uh, good terms. So, um, huh? uh, who's the house of whatever that was? House of Yorick. Uh, the, the, if you can see hither yonder, the, the the clams on the flag there next to the the Dilvar flag. My perception oh, is five. I don't see well, shit. I'm <laughs> glad you have a numeric value. <laughs> That's a little odd. Maybe we keep numeric values. Out JK. Um, but uh, perhaps nothing will happen. Perhaps something will happen. I'd rather not risk it. So at the very least, uh, if you have any bright ideas for concealing me that that we can easily pass through uh, without... What did you do to the house a year, Rick? Did you try to, I don't know, sleep with the wives or something? Are you really that curious? No. I mean, it's, it, I, I, I go like into to all know. the positions. You, you, who are you? Who are you? Ambrose. Ambrose. Uh, Black Creek. Well, I'm sure at some point the history books will have it written at some point. Uh, at some point, books. the history books will have them written at some point. At, at some point. Indeed. Uh, I, 
I may have been a part of the collapse of the House of Yorick, freeing the uh, Parvula uh, country from Dovarian control, uh, or may not have been a part of that. Yeah. Uh, Ambrose is pretty fucking freaked out right now. You're telling me! You asked! You could have. You helped! The goddamn Pavulans rebel from Dover, and now you're trying to escape from. Brother, if I was you, I would have been across that border ten weeks ago. What do you think I'm trying to do now? <laughs> and Raleigh just Fair. looks at you with like this sly grin and is like. Nice. Wait, how does the owl look? <laughs> the owl just looks the same. <laughs> just like. Oh. Oh, Whereas Raleigh is impressed. <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, so th- that all being said, uh, it, it it might behoove us to uh, either, if you have any ideas. Yeah, please, you consider. can't cross the border. Either we gotta sell you out, or we gotta hide you. Oh I'll, no! I'll, I'm all for hiding or changing or pretending I'm somebody else, perhaps uh, a, a disguise or covering me with. Dirt? Is that a thing that people do? Uh, and Raleigh goes and rips open uh one of the some of the barrels. What, what's in some of these barrels of shit we're carrying? Oh, you got a lot Chickens? of flour in there. Flour. Ooh, you, you could be flour. flour. For bread. Uh, you got a. Uh, you got some potatoes. You got some onion. Mm. You got basic necessities. Nothing too fresh. Mostly starches. Things that preserve well. Yeah, root vegetables. I don't yeah, root think. Vegetables, I don't exactly. think they'll miss one Carrots. thing of potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> I toss out some potatoes. And August say, stands up in. and says, "What the <laughs> hell are you doing? That's." Perfectly good produce, man. Uh, August, how much would that uh, that barrel of potatoes cost? Well, it depends on the market fluctuations. Oh Aren't you going to give this away, be... basically? What? Weren't you going to give this to the starving people of the, the small hamlet? Well, it had been paid for by the Duveris. So it's already been paid for by... It fell off a truck. <laughs> things are lost. Literally! In... <laughs> things fall fall out of transit all the time, don't they? Perhaps, perhaps they spoiled... A the gold sun. piece. One gold piece. I, uh, I shall... Here, you... I, I shall... I'm going to... I'm paying... One gold piece. Uh, please subtract that from your gold piece total. Is this, uh, is this and I'm also going to need 50 gold, 50 silver pieces for the ale you bought in Nora, but Oh, okay. She never drank it. So, wait, so 19, and then, and then 18. 100 silver pieces is one gold piece. So, and then it was 50 for a tankard of ale? For, like, the three tankards of ale you bought her. Yeah. yeah. Damn it. You were it's all silver. Okay, hold, hold on. So that's 17. I got, I got, I got, I got. 17, 15. I got it, I got it. Okay. Uh, how generous of you, August Hamloaf? Yes, Hamloaf? Or is it ham? ham? Just ham. Just ham. Just ham. Uh, no and is like gesturing at you to like, just get in the fucking barrel. I shall. Post haste. And I climb in the barrel. Cast. Uh, and Raleigh casts Minor Illusion. I don't know if he can, actually. Ooh. Why not? Uh, couldn't, uh, it must be no larger than a five foot cube. The barrel fits in a five foot cube. Yes, it does. And he's all scrunched in there, I'm and scrunched. I just make it look like he's so bendy. If you were to open up the top of this barrel, which I don't know why you would do, but if you did, I mean, it will can. sell. Only, it or it will look like my only concern: a pile of potatoes. Would, would they check the? Uh, the they might the, the, the manifest or the crew like. Oh, hey, where's this, uh... He quit! Yeah, okay. he's dead. He Would you drank be... up all our rum and ran off! He's 
I will do you sense. the decency of telling you that your names aren't on and the number of people aren't on. Perfect. Documentation. Great. Your Great. potatoes now, babe. I, babe. All right. Let's right. go. All right. Uh, thank you so kindly for your. Shut up, or they will find potatoes you. They can still hear you. At your approach, the soldiers ride to your feet and hail August as he pulls oh. on the oxen's reins and brings them to a halt. Soldiers. They request your papers, as do as many of the other patrols have, but in this instance, they pour over the documents, uh, studying every line. After they've been returned to August, they begin to open up all of the sacks and casks in the um, in the area. Or in the little cart. I am going to act to like do... an old grandmother and be like, stop that. Stop. Stop opening that. I stop. No, I guess I'll be chill. You can't. That might make like... them more suspicious. <laughs> A bit, but they do ignore you because they don't care. Alright. If you... I told you these guys from Europe were jerks. I'm not actually speaking as the OOC. Yeah. In the OOC, the Orange Orange County. Or the orangest of counties? The orangest of orange counties. Oh, man. That's cool. Dubly orange. Ooh. Ooh. Oh, God. Why is he pulling out the monster manual? Thirteen. Uh, Thirteen they what? do them. Uh, oh, match. is that your roll against That's my spell save? Hold on. Yes. What is my spell save? Thirteen. Shit! Uh-oh. Meets it, beats it. Meets it, does beat it. Uh... uh okay. Guards are wandering around, poking through all of the barrels, when one of them jams a uh, fist right through potatoes Ooh. and notices that there are not potatoes. Mm. They find you hiding in a barrel. Oh! Ah. Oh, I didn't mean to actually click that. Uh, anyone have any actions that they I'm, wish to take? I, I cast Thaumaturgy. Um, you cast Thaumaturgy. Yes. What do you do with Thaumaturgy? Um, it can make a sound of... Uh, I can manifest a minor wonder, a sign of supernatural power. Would this be distracting? Yes. Could I leap out of the barrel as and look like potatoes <laughs> and run across the board? <laughs> look at them running potatoes. Oh, I cause harmless tremors in the ground. There. There's an earthquake. Everyone run away. Oh, and then the oxen are like, And the oxen pull. Am I still on the cart? Yeah, you're still in a barrel. So I'm in the barrel on the cart. Does Um, this tremor cause the oxen to run? Yeah, this is is pretty crazy. I didn't expect this. Uh, Yeah, you're causing thaumaturgy to make the ground. So all the guards back off and look around frightened. The oxen panic and bolt forward Ah! through the checkpoint. Uh, (laughs) You'll never catch us! <laughs> and volley, take it down a notch. <laughs> Are they success? Did the, did the oxen make it through the checkpoint? Uh, Kit, roll me a d20. Oh god. Wait, I want to roll. The wait, for, I think it's just for Kit. Yeah. Mm. Oh fuck. Oh crap. Spackle. Oh, and the oxen. The oxen make it through the checkpoint just fine. Uh, they run over a couple of guards on their way. Ouch. And you feel their bones crunch beneath the wagon wheels. Sorry! Yeah. Uh, They're for the house d- of yours. Does Raleigh actually cry that back as they go? No. Uh, you all have to cling to the wild, spooked oxen oh, God. who are running. Uh-huh. Uh, give me a... Ooh, can I use animal handling to calm them down? Yeah, you can certainly try. Ooh. 
You only can speak to small beasts, but you can do you beast bonds. I will give you the ability prior to forcing everyone rolling this. Give me an animal handling roll. This is fun. Oh. Ah. Well, we'll see. We'll see what the oh. DM says. That's not quite good enough. Okay, okay. All right. Everybody give me an athletics roll. Oh, Jesus. I'm negative one on athletics. Yerp. Oh, but and yet you good. passed and I didn't. Ha-ba-da-ba-da. So, what's that 22? Why is the 22 in green? Uh, that's because that means you rolled a crit 20. Meaning oh, but that the, if you're doing some rolls, that yeah, means yeah. you get a bonus of some okay. sort. So, so go ahead. All of you managed to hold on to the cart. Yay! You barely made it. <laughs> uh, can't roll the, the nine. She is like dragging in the dirt. I have uh, got like my fingernails dug in, my tail. Rambles into no man's land. Uh,. Prior to uh, all of the guards chasing after you, they halt at the border, not willing to violate the truce. Yes! And like a frightened feel like, Ooh. of this. Yay! Oof. Congratulations, you solved my border crossing. There <laughs> <laughs> was a little Spanish bee, a record star, bee, Heard of singers like Beatles, the chipmunks he's seen on TV. Why not a little Spanish beat?